Not a single, not a double, but a triple. Welcome to the Triple Option Podcast with Ryan Gregory and Devin Voss, a part of the Running Book Podcast Network. Folks, this is Devin and Ryan coming at you with the Triple Option Pass podcast from two states. That's right, Indiana and Wisconsin. Ryan, how are we doing this this fine morning? I tell you what, Devin, I'm I'm podcasting outdoors today. Uh, I am I'm staying outside my car because I had to go into the office today. But you know, Devin and I had to get this this out to out to the people today. We had to we had to get a little recap out before and a little preview before the the action really kicks off this Saturday. Absolutely. And if you're a college football fan, you've probably listened to maybe three recap pods by this point. Um, here's number four. Yeah, here's number four. We're we're <laughs> we're behind. We're we're full time. So, you know how that works. But um, regardless, we're still incredibly excited about the action from last week and week one of some college football. Well, technically week two, but it is week one. Um, and uh, we're, we're ex- also excited for some week two action man this this is gonna be a blast um and and we had some good ones and uh you know right off the bat we were gifted with boise state and ucf and what an absolute treat two top favorites of course we love our group of five uh and i gotta be honest with you i i turned this one off near halftime because i was like okay uh this one, I mean, Boise State was convincing me. They really were. And I know UCF got that score right before halftime. And I was like, okay, they're probably probably going to make a comeback. But with everything I had seen from Boise, I was like, man, this team just seems like it's going to keep rolling. But it just it didn't. Yeah, I mean, with Boise getting up 21-0, it, it, it was all the takes started creeping in. Just like, oh, his mall's on washed. Could he only do it with the, with the talent at at Auburn was Arkansas State a fluke before he got here. But I tell you what, it, it's hard to start off a season well when the first possession goes for like a hundred yard uh, interception return. Yeah. So I, I give them a little bit of a pass for that. But, you know, great battle from UCF. Dylan Gabriel is the, the one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. So it's it's always nice to have him when you need to battle back from that far back. And, you know, a good start to the Malzahn era. That's a really quality win over uh, not not their usual selves, but still a very good Boise State team. Yeah, it was still a very good Boise State team. And, you know, there's naturally going to be adjustment with Avalos as a coach. And one of the adjustments I did see was that, I mean, at least in the first half, their defense was pretty freaking good already. Oh, yeah. Um, noticeable noticeable you know difference there i mean boise's always had a great defense for a group of five school but uh with avalos at the home uh that really seemed to kind of up the things and i expect them to to probably get better as you know the season progresses and they get more of a feel for themselves yeah i mean for a game where i thought that um you know passing was going to be the only thing that mattered you know traditional boise and then even more so a malls on offense but the game really came down to who ran the ball better and i mean UCF absolutely bullied Habibi Lioko, and like he couldn't get anything going. Twelve carries, twenty-three yards for an average of one point nine. Like that is pretty uncharacteristic from their top back. And then uh, Isaiah Bowser, the Northwestern transfer, who I, liked a, who I liked a lot back in the Big Ten. Same. Thirty-three carries for one hundred and seventy-two in a score. So if you would have told me before this this game that it would come down to who ran the ball better, I would have called you a liar. But I, I think that's really what it came down to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Isaiah Bowser, someone that I was really keeping my eye on, you know, coming into this season because I was like, all right, Northwestern lot wants to slip away here. Uh, Bowser, uh, he didn't get as many touches last season, uh, but but I knew, you know, the dude's like basically a brute who's got who's got some wheels on him as well. So he's just stocky. Yeah, he's he's very stocky. But don't don't let the stocky appearance underestimate him. He's he's got some wheels. So um, great win for UCF. And you know what? I just realized before we continue, we got some big talk. The Big Twelve has added oh, yeah. four new members. And while we're sitting here talking about UCF, we might as well just hit on it right now. 
UCF is going to be a Big 12 team by, what, 2023? Yeah, our first big Power 5 shakeup that comes as a result of Texas and Oklahoma doing their thing. UCF making the jump to the Big 12 as well as BYU, Houston, and um, who, who's the fourth team? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Baby. Cincinnati. So the Big 12 is really leaning into the, you know, region doesn't matter. We'll take you West Virginia. They're taking anybody just to stay afloat and relevant as a, as a power five. And, you know, before we get into the details of what it means for the big 12 now, wh- where does this leave the AAC? What, what does the American do with the loss of, you know, their, their two absolute stars? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great question. And one that I think is going to be brought up, uh, you know, the, the AAC released a statement already, you know, talking about, um, you know, how all of this happened because, you know, they're, they're pretty much treated unfairly, you know, to, to begin with, you know, they weren't given the ample opportunities to, to compete with the rest of the big boys. And now it costs them, you know, three of their highest teams. Um, so they're, they're obviously pretty upset, but, you know, looking in the long run, uh, you know, it's not like the AACs by any means a joke still. I mean, you got Tulane, you got, you know, all of them, all of them boys. Plus, uh, honestly, Ryan, I, I think they're going to reach in. They're going to tap in to some of the better uh, group of five talent around, you know, around the league that could be poached as well. I mean, if you if you would ask me, I, I truthfully think that, you know, picking up someone like Coastal and App State was definitely in their best interest not only does it work regionally uh but like you know i I feel like it would be a mutual interest because in my opinion even now the american's still a big step ahead of uh the sun belt yes it's definitely the the place to be for those smaller schools right now and if if you're the american you're hopping on the phone right now like you said coastal app uh, Louisiana, you're even you're even giving Marshall a call. I think Marshall is worthy of a step up in the in the league, but it's it's do or die right now for the American. Like, at, like you said, there's still there's still a really quality group of five conference, and like will will still provide a lot of good things to the sport. But if they want to keep up this this idea that they that they can make it a power six, it, it's it's you got to get on the phone right now. You you got to start pulling up the little guys and making them and. Re, like re-strengthening this league because lo- I mean Houston huge metro in the American as well yeah. that they're losing we didn't really yeah. touch on them while while the Holgerson experiment hasn't totally worked out to their expectations thus far I mean we'll get to how Houston oof tough opener but um you know you you just gotta salvage what you've worked so hard to build and it and it, it is ironic that like they never got the the recognition of a power five conference but they're like but we'll take three of your schools and make them power five. Yeah, exactly. And I, I also question because, you know, there were talks about it uh, last season. I question if they're going to reach out to Boise State. Uh, I know that's pretty far, you know, northwest for them to do. But Boise State was already considering a jump to the American uh, last season. So I wonder if those talks keep up as well. And that would be a huge get for the American, obviously, um, because, you know, Boise State, uh, like it or not, the Mountain West Conference, not good. Yeah, that was another point I was going to bring up, that something has to change with the Mountain West because the, the bottom is is so low and so bad that it is unfair for the Fresno States and the Boises and even like the Nevadas to even stick around anymore. Like it is so bad in the mountain West that some, something's got to change out there. They need to bring up some FCS schools or something. I don't know, but it is, it is a bad scene out there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they can convince, you know, the Eastern Washingtons or the, 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 the Dakotas. Dakotas. Yeah. The Dakotas. I, I mean, I, there's no indication that Dakotas are, in any way going to leave the FCS, but uh, that that might be their best chance of upping the stakes uh, in their own conference because whatever they're doing now, just it just isn't it. You know, a couple of FCS losses and it, it's it's brutal in, in the Mountain West. They've quickly went from you know one of the more decent uh, group of five conferences to uh, arguably the worst now. So. 
Yeah, um, uh, the cues is pretty bad. But. The, all right, yeah. I, I, I think they're competing with each other there. But yeah, okay, yeah, it's a fight for last. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. But um, yeah, so big steps for Cincinnati, big steps for UCF. BYU finally joins the conference after, uh, well, at least in football, after uh, leaving the the Mountain West years ago. Um, and uh, Houston finally finally gets their shot in the big 12. It should have, should have been a long time ago with Tom Herman, but uh, they, they finally get it now. So um, big steps ahead in college football. Yeah. It's, it's funny that it all centers around the big 12, all, all yeah. the crazy shit going yeah. on. All the Who crazy stuff. I gotta, you know, <laughs> I, I gotta assume now that they're, you know, upping, um, a lot of Eastern teams, I got to assume they're going to go with the East West divisions. Like it's gotta be. Yeah. There's no way that UCF is going to want to fly all the way out to BYU. Um, no, now every year. So I got to assume UCF Cincinnati and, uh, West Virginia are going to stick to their side of the conference and group in, you know, uh, three more teams that are Eastern, Easterly, Easternly. Some combination uh, of like the Oklahomas or the Kansas. Yeah, probably. yeah, probably something like that. And then the West, uh, probably just going to be filled with. I mean, Houston wouldn't be too bad in the East. Like, while yeah, Texas is pretty, pretty far east. west, it's at least the most one of the most eastern cities in Texas. So, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Um, a lot of fun that's coming up. So, um, moving on to you know. Uh, modern college football. Uh, <laughs> we also had a great game, honestly. Um, UCLA Bruins and Chip Kelly defeated LSU. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson looked fantastic. Um, this this was just an overall, I mean, dominating performance, really, uh, from UCLA. I mean, from start to finish, it, it felt like you know, the UCLA, UCLA was kind of in control. So uh, what, what did, what did you think of the game? You know, with, um, with, with the little 16 that was next to LSU's name, a lot of people are going to say like, this was like, you know, a huge upset, but I mean, LSU loses their quarterback before the season even starts. Like that's a big question mark. They were not good last year. I I have no idea what they were doing that close to the top 15. So let's, let's get that out of the, out of the way now that UCLA, UCLA, wasn't some wasn't some FCS team that just went up and right yeah a, no I totally agree a, with number that. one but the thing with the Chip Kelly experiment that people have been waiting on at UCLA is the passing game people think of the like, the swing passes people think of how well they ran some kind of like West Coast things that like Chip really brought into I mean you, you saw how he got hired to the NFL he like changed football with the way that he threw the ball but people forget that the running game at Oregon was just as terrifying because of their zone looks and, and Charbonnet was the, was the biggest recipient of uh, what, what is actually finally coming into fruition for Chip Kelly. And that's the running game at UCLA. That O-line is awesome. Now they, they, they got, they got some dogs. And so now guys like Britton Brown and Charbonnet, I mean, 117 for Charbonnet, 96 for Brown, the, the running game is what UCLA is going to hang their hats on. And like, I, I know that the, uh, that Dorian Thompson Robinson is like the name that you know because he was the big quarterback recruit that uh, Chip got. But the running game is just so fucking good. And LSU has the dogs to stop it, which just tells me that, you know, everything that he did at Oregon run game-wise is finally starting to translate and is, you know, going to be what keeps UCLA good this year. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, uh, whenever I think of Oregon, you know, I think of the fast-paced spread option attack. You know, you had uh, – just for example, I mean, you, you got all of these, you know, fast-paced quarterbacks who easily could pull it and run themselves. I mean, it was there's no shortage of those players. Um, but you know, you got the quick slant passes. It's like it's like a yeah, it's like an adaptation of Rich Rodriguez with the West Coast. Um, it is is a lot of fun to watch, and now seeing it finally come to fruition uh, with UCLA, it's it's a lot of fun, and you know. Charbonnet, um, I don't know what Michigan was thinking, uh, letting him go. I, I, I mean, I feel like everybody knew he was going to be good his freshman year. Yeah, he took a step back in his sophomore year, but 
classic just a classic blunder by michigan but once again it's so bad they just keep doing this stuff uh <laughs> regardless uh it's still an impressive win and hey the pac-12 is gonna eat up every single bit of it uh because you know they defeated an sec team which is, is still a pretty big feat uh at least for the pac-12 recently because they haven't been the best so um still a big win but as ryan said LSU is overranked at 16 anyways. Um, probably going to have another moderate year this season. So, um, But before we move on, uh, one one bright spot for LSU was Kayshawn Boutte, who is the, the next great LSU wide receiver. Nine catches, 148 yards, and three touchdowns in a losing effort. That blows, but I mean... LSU just keeps up, keeps on pumping out these fantastic receivers. Butte will be a first round pick next year. Yeah, and I mean let's let's not let's not pretend like Max Johnson didn't ha- also have a terrific game. And he he threw for three hundred and thirty yeah, yards, the ball around. Uh, three touchdowns, only one interception. Uh, yeah, it was in a losing effort, but I mean the guy isn't a joke either. It's just uh, when when circumstances happen the way they did for LSU this season, uh, it 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 kind of just tends to tends to happen like that. Um, so regardless, uh, UCLA gets the big win and, um, you know, another, another big team, another big win is Georgia over the Clemson Tigers. Um, quite a game we had here. Defensive sleeper. <laughs> uh, not a lot of fun. Both quarterbacks kind of kind of disappoint, to be honest, in this first game. But um, it's also against two of the best defenses, you know, in the NCAA. So it was bound to be a struggle fest. But you know, even even with the Georgia and Alabama games back in the day, you at least had a little bit more scoring with that. So uh, what did, what were your first impressions of both Georgia and Clemson? You know, at at the end of the day, I was really just blown away by Georgia's defense because yeah. I've we, we've known that this was coming for a while just with how fantastic these recruiting classes have been. But I think this is finally the year for Georgia. And I that that defense is truly, truly terrifying. It is I, I think it's pretty far and away the best one in college football this year. And and so the the offense can do things like this, like like JT Daniels can throw for 135 yards, zero touchdowns and a pick and win the game. Like that's just how good this fucking defense is. Like it's, 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 that's just what I was blown away by. Like Clemson. Yeah, sure. Breaking in a a new quarterback, but he's a, you know, top of the line, five-star I expected who's already played too. So I, I I expected better out of Uyagalele, but Oh man, I'm there, there's nothing else to say. I mean, just like that, that Georgia defense, I, the offense is going to be what holds them back. They're, they're going to get moderately outscored by a Bama or something, and they're not going to win it all. I, I already have seen enough that the offense doesn't have it, but that defense is going to be a lot of fun this year. Yeah. And, and with Clemson, you know, they, they only get two yards rushing on the day. Um, a big, big change from, uh, you know, the ETN days. Yeah. I, I, I came into it thinking, you know, Lynn J Dixon, he's probably going to be pretty decent, but he only gets one carry for 10 yards. Um, and same with the other running backs, you know, they're both Kobe pace and Will Shipley were able to only get seven, seven yards on four carries. Uh, the two yards is, is still a little misleading because, you know, Uyo had negative 22, assumingly from sacks and all, you know, other stuff. Uh, right. But even then it was still only like 20, 24 yards. I mean, <laughs> like it, it was still pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, Ugalele disappointed compared to, I guess, I mean, JT Daniels was in no way spectacular, but no. uh he still he still was accurate with his passes. U- Ugalele was kind of all over the place a little bit. Um, yeah, he, but, he had he had the jitters pretty bad. It, it looked like. Yeah, I mean, it, it's what happens. I mean, think about it. You know, this guy was was only put into one big game, and that was against Notre Dame, which they lost last season. But other than that, he only played you know 
crappy, the crappy ACC teams and, uh, you know, getting thrown into your first game against Georgia as the official starter. Uh, that's, that's a lot to, a lot to take in. And, um, if I had to assume, I'm going to think, you know, Ugalele is going to easily, uh, you know, start to get into rhythm as the season goes on, but, um, at, at least in a big game, not a, not a great showing for him. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, we forget that Clemson lost two running backs to the transfer portal prior to the season two. They lost a guy to Florida and to Wisconsin. Yeah. And so like maybe the running game just gets better with time. And when you're not playing Georgia, you know, overall, let's, let's just leave it at this. Not worried about Clemson going to win the ACC pretty handily. Yeah. Yeah. But this is um, a pretty good litmus test that, you know, their defense is still up to snuff enough that, what which was expected to be a pretty solid Georgia offense, even though they were missing George Pickens, uh, still held in check very well by Clemson's defense. I mean, the defense wasn't the problem. It was a, it was a, Clem or Georgia's defense that was all the problems for Clemson. So, yeah, you know, not not too worried about either team going forward. I I still very much could see both teams making the playoffs this year. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, as you had mentioned, there is a Clemson running back that transferred to Wisconsin. So naturally we can transition right to that. Um, do we have to, I apologize. I apologize <laughs> to Ryan, uh, but we do have to talk about the 16 to 10, another defensive, just dog show, uh, between Wisconsin and Penn state. Um, quite an interesting game. Really. It was just, I mean, it was seriously just all defense, honestly, that kept Penn State even even from winning, even from winning. Uh, <laughs> of course, there were some things as, as far as like Graham Mertz uh, was just uh, they were playing it too safe. Um, but but overall, still a great game and still still a great performance from Wisconsin. Uh, it was just Penn State, you know, was able to get it done. Um at the, at the end of the day. Yeah. Fucking snooze fest. I mean, this was, this game really exposed Graham Mertz in a, in a way that, that Badgers fans are not going to like, I mean, a QBR of 15. I mean, even in years past when Wisconsin had like two star local kids going out there playing quarterback, you know, they, they still completed their play action passes and they still hit their screens and they would throw for like, you know, 200 yards, a touchdown, no picks. They were just, they were just reliable. Mertz was terrible. I mean, getting outshined by Sean Clifford as a terrible, terrible. Look. That's not a good look. <laughs> no. And like hand, Clifford was handily the best quarterback in this game. And so if that's happening, you're a shitty quarterback. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, Ches Malusi with a, with a pretty solid start for his Badgers career. I mean, gets, 31 touches burger gets zero i mean zero. I have zero idea what's going on there i mean avon grad isaac Grendo got 13 but i i don't know why burger's been overlooked so far this season i i'm really hoping to see him get the ball th this coming week but you know wisconsin gonna wisconsin ran the ball a ton danny davis had a pretty solid day catching the ball but i mean Mertz two picks and a fumble is just is just not going to do it, man. Exactly. And if, you know, if it wasn't for those turnovers, Wisconsin could be sitting on the flip side of this. I mean, exactly. the world has seen Sean Clifford for like three years now, whatever it has <laughs> been. Um, you got to see all the variations of him in this game. You saw the, the guy that misses easy passes, the guy that misses the deep passes, but you also got to see the guy that, uh, you know, occasionally connects on the, on the big ones. So, uh, Definitely wasn't a wasn't a great game overall from Mertz, as you said. Um, I guess a little bit worrisome given that, you know, you pushed other guys out for Mertz. Um, all of this, all of this, because of that one Illinois game. How, how does that feel? Yeah, Ryan? Uh, I don't want Cone either, so I can live with it. <laughs> well. Regardless, I mean, both these teams are going to be competitive in the Big Ten this season. Um, at least with Penn State's defense, uh, you know, 
playing playing a team like Ohio State's probably going to burn them. But um, what teams really do besides for apparently Minnesota uh, <laughs> really compete with Ohio State? So that's going to be interesting. All right, so moving on to quick hits, uh, we're just going to briefly discuss you know some of the other games from from uh, this this past weekend um i guess i guess while we're speaking of it uh ohio state and minnesota um pretty pretty good game um going into it i felt i just had a like a slight feeling that minnesota was going to compete with ohio state just this game because you know stroud is his first game uh you know he's gonna have to work into things plus minnesota's defense actually performs quite well considering that their defense usually isn't that good, or at least it wasn't last year. Um, and their offense played well too, but, you know, huge loss, huge loss in Mo Ibrahim uh, going out. Uh, that really kind of sucked the life out of out of the Gophers. Yeah, I mean, the, ga- the game was over the second that he went down. You could just kind of see it on the Minnesota bench that all, all the fight and the hope that they had kind of went out there. But I would like to formally apologize for in the previews bashing Minnesota's defense so hard because, I mean, the the scoreboard says 45, but a, a hell of a fight from the Gophers. I actually was really impressed by what I saw specifically in in their QB contain and in in run defense. Like I, I know that uh, Mayan Williams hit hit a couple home runs on him, but you know, I think overall the the run game is what I was most concerned with, with Minnesota. And they, they actually seemed remotely competent. They it's, it, it was, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, which is the best cut, the best compliment I can give to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. And, and what was another big 10 shocker to me, Michigan state laid a freaking whooping on Northwestern. I was totally not expecting that. I mean, I know, I knew Hunter Johnson is eh, whatever, but uh, Northwestern's defense, I just didn't expect that type of play from them. And even more, Michigan State's offense. Um, Kenneth Walker the third, just abrupt. Oh, my goodness. 23 carries, 264 yards, and four touchdowns, putting Michigan State on his back to a win. It was It was pretty dang impressive. Yeah, not great out of Northwestern. I mean, with, with the loss of some pro talent, they, they have another uh, defensive back who will be a first-round pick this year whose name is escaping me right now. But, I mean, I, I believe it's uh, Brandon Joseph, actually. Um, but uh, the rest of the defense is just not good. There, there is not a lot of beef uh, among the front the front seven. And it's, it's a very not Pat, Pat Fitzgerald-looking Northwestern. I didn't watch – much of this game because it was Michigan State Northwestern, but um, I, I did watch some condensed film of the first half and uh, gotta say, what what are we doing here, boys? Uh, this is <laughs> this is not the team that is regularly challenging Wisconsin for the for the West. Northwestern is is staring a, a pretty bad down year in the face once again, as as is tradition with Northwestern. It happens. They they have their ups and downs, but this is this is going to be a down. They just don't have the horses anymore. Literally, I mean, like one year they're bad, one year they're good. It's literally one or the other uh, at yep. this point. There there's hardly any middle ground anymore for for Northwestern. <laughs> um, OU defeated Tulane forty to thirty five in in a game where uh, most people turned off at halftime or in turn were watching the Penn State Wisconsin game. Uh, Fools. What a great comeback from Tulane. Uh, Michael Pratt heavily, I mean, I would say heavily outperformed Spencer Rattler in this game. Uh, oh, the, yeah, no question. The dude literally put his body on the line, took such a beating the entire game to get his team in position to win. And, you know, they, they had that opportunity. It just, you know... Uh, Oklahoma's defense just just came up big when it mattered, and uh, regardless, it's a, it's a good sign from Tulane here. Yeah, I mean, there there's so many asterisks that you need to put on Week One games against Tulane because it's it's just fucking hard, man. It's hard to to cover the Willie Fritz offense Week One 
when like you can't spend the whole off season prepping for it. You got to prep for your conference opponents, but that, that week of install with, with uh, preventing Tulane obviously wasn't enough. And, you know, Pratt's play showed just how, just how nice the stats can be being the quarterback at Tulane and how much it fucking sucks, how much he got <laughs> popped because of how much he's asked to carry the ball. I mean, yeah, you, you said it best that Rattler, geez, man, if he, if he's the best quarterback in this draft class, then we don't have a very strong quarterback <laughs> draft class this season. I mean, he, he looked terrible at times. Of course, he like he did his thing at times, and it was like, the oh, yeah, that's why he's the top quarterback prospect. But shit, man, he, he had some real bad-looking throws today. Oh, you struggled to run the ball. But but like, like we've been saying, um, OU has finally turned a quarter defensively. And why? And while that thirty-five is going to look real bad, the people that just read the box score, it's Tulane. Tulane's going to get theirs. The fact that Oklahoma stepped up and got got the stop that it needed was was evidence enough to me that I think that the OU's defense is pretty far and away still the best defense in the in the in the Big Twelve. And if Rattler can figure himself out, they're going to be a pretty easy playoff team. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, just just a. Full on to the cap to Tulane. It was it was a great game. Yes. They made it a great game. Nothing um, but respect for my Green Wave. Should have been yep. playing at home, but because of the hurricane, went to Oklahoma and yep. only lost by five. That yep. rules. That yep. that is an absolute win for for Tulane right there. Exactly. Um, couldn't agree with you more. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, in other words. <laughs> Unfortunately, Texas beat our Louisiana. We don't have to go super deep into that. Um, it was, it was ah, a score of 38 to 18. Um, Levi Lewis still performed pretty well. For a minute, it looked like they were going to come back, but um, Texas put the hammer down. Um, Iowa absolutely throttled IU. Um, and, and yeah, that was, was game, that was a bad look. That, that was a bad game. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about it with, you know, other people, but when you go to Iowa and, you know, they, they score um, on that on that opening drive and then you throw that pick six, it's just too hard to come out of that, man. Uh, Iowa is such a tough place to play. Um, and with, with all the momentum on their side, it was just it was just hard to to come out of that hole, especially, with, you know, this being Penix's first game back from injury. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was on an up year this year. I was probably going to win the West of, of everything that I've seen. They're, they're pretty far and away the best team in the West this year. So they're, they're, they're probably looking at a Rose bowl this year. Yeah, that's, that's definitely fair. Um, what else How about Navy got? getting dog walked by Marshall? Yeah, that. Well, we we did. To be fair, we came into this not thinking that Navy was going to have a great season, anyways. It's uh, confirmed. But forty nine to seven. Yeah. Uh, that's still not like Navy. So very clear indication that Navy is going to not be good for a second season in a row. Um. Yeah, all you need to know about Navy from this game is they threw 16 different passes, and it came from four different guys. They have no idea what they're doing at quarterback. But, like, you know, running game going to run game. Like, that that's plug and play. But when Navy doesn't have a quarterback that they can lean on, they are they, – they sink into, like, truly terrible territory, and that's what we're looking at this year. I mean, Grant Wells threw two picks in this game. And zero touchdowns in Marshall, one forty-nine to seven. It is, it's going to be a long one for our darling Navy. Yep. Uh, Pac-12 North had a brutal week. Oregon uh, barely beat uh, Fresno State, which isn't saying a whole lot because Fresno, as you know, Fresno's we pointed out, yeah, as we pointed Fresno out, team. they're they're a good team this year. So it's not like Fresno's a joke by any means, uh, but uh, Oregon only team to win in the Pac-12 North this this uh this past week um Jeez. you know <laughs> nevada 
uh, and Carson Strong defeat California. Um, obviously, Montana beats Washington, and that was crazy. Um, even I mean, Washington State loses to Utah State. It was it was a really bad week for the Pac-12 North, but a good week for the Pac-12 South. Um, USC won pretty handily. Utah won pretty handily. Arizona State won. Uh, so Pac-12 style still, you know, did their thing. It was just the North that really failed themselves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the worst loss of that bunch was Washington State's. I mean, Gary Anderson left Utah State in a pretty bad spot. That roster is pretty bare. And for those of you that listened to the preview, we no, no, no players to mention, no high hopes for Utah State. We skipped over them. We didn't talk about them because we <laughs> thought that they'd be terrible. And and here goes Power Five Washington State losing to them. That is that is a terrible look. <laughs> oh, and you know, Indiana natives rejoice as Purdue beat Oregon State. <laughs> oh yeah, um, whatever. And uh, also Ole Miss. Pretty handily beat Louisville. Poor Malik Cunningham had to do everything by himself. Um, not to mention, we didn't even get to see group of five favorite Shy Wirtz. So he didn't nope. he didn't even catch a pass. Um, Bullshit. And lastly, Notre Dame and Florida State. This was at least one of the top five games of the weekend, if not one of the best. Um, a sob story in this one, of course. We got to see none other than Mackenzie Milton return. And I tell you what, I got fucking goosebumps when he came in and delivered that dime right yep. off of his first pass. I was like, oh my God, this guy Storybook. has never left. This dude has never yep. fucking left. Um, so cool to see. Absolutely. And, you know, anybody who listens to this show, I, I'm, I'm a fighting Irish fan, but uh, as I said, you know, in the in the um, running hook um, group chat, I was like, you know what? If if Notre Dame loses to the hand of Mackenzie Milton, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm completely Be a part fine of history. Absolutely, but Notre Dame pulled it out. Yeah, they pulled it out in overtime. Um, Jack Cohn with a terrific game, 366 yards and four touchdowns. Um, Kyron Williams couldn't really get anything going, which is pretty. Pretty unusual, but I guess to be fair, the Notre Dame O line was pretty atrocious. In that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're the breaking in four new starters. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to take a little time. Like Notre Dame always has the the big names and all the stars on on the offensive line. It'll happen. It's just you know, get, game one was a little tough. That, that'll happen. Yeah, it'll happen. And you know that another big loss they they lost um, Avon freshman um, Blake Fisher who was quickly the starter. Uh, he's he's pretty sure I saw he is done for the season. Oh, really? He got hurt? Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't see that. That God. is a, that's a big blow. If it's not for the season, it's it's for a pretty long duration. He was um, the crown jewel of that recruiting class. Like th- that yeah. was like a, we need this kid to come in and play. Yeah. That, that's a huge mark for Notre Dame. Yeah, so they're, they're going to be working um, a lot of people. But it's also Notre Dame. You know, they, they're always getting offensive linemen. Uh, they're always going to have pretty top-of-the-class offensive linemen. It's just going to take time for all of them to, to fit in and work together. Yeah. Um, so uh, is there any other games you want to hit on, or are you good now? Two, two quick ones that caught my eye from, okay. from the results this week, and I didn't watch either of them, but they were just like some box score ones where I just – I, I had a triple take. I was like, excuse me. First of all, Syracuse 29, Ohio 9. The immediate, yeah. the immediate loss of Frank Solich has apparently made Curtis Rourke forget how to play quarterback. I mean, the, <laughs> the, kid, the kid was the best quarterback in the conference last year, and he plays fucking Syracuse, which is about to fire its head coach, Dino Babers, because he's been so terrible. He goes 142 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like Syracuse was overwhelming on offense. Tommy DeVito, who's still there somehow. How is he still there? <laughs> 92 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. DeVito like, was there when when Syracuse had their good season. Yeah, he was um, 
who was it? Eric Dungy's backup. Yeah. That's how long he's been there. Like, oh my God. But yeah, the Cuse with a big 20 point win over one of what we discussed in the preview is like a Mac favorite, like one yeah. of the best group of five teams. And they just kicked the shit out of them. And the, the biggest, what the fuck's going on here? Northern Illinois, 22, Georgia tech, 21. That yeah. is things are bad in Atlanta. I mean, I, I thought Jeff Collins was a, a very inspired and great head 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 coach hire. Like but I, I get that you gotta wash out the triple there. It it's gotta start making sense. I mean, Jeff Sims only threw nine passes in this game. I think he was dealing with a little bit of injury stuff. The the backup didn't do much better. I mean, but it's it's northern Illinois. Again, going back to the preview show, we were laughing at them. Because yeah. they were start they were starting Rocky Lombardi of Michigan State, <laughs> like we, Northern Illinois. We didn't even pr- really preview them because they were supposed to be so terrible. Like their head coach is getting fired this year. Well, yeah. maybe not anymore because they have a fucking Power Five win. Because <laughs> what the fuck is Georgia Tech doing? Ah, <laughs> oh, I I didn't watch it. I need to go back and watch the film and just be like, what uh... what the fuck happened here, guys? Like, oh yeah. man, I totally Tech, agree. Tex had some some recruiting push recently, but ugh, bad look. And 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 final point, just as I'm scrolling through here, Vandy lost by 20 to an FCS team. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty brutal, brutal start for the Clark Lee era. Always um, worth noting. And I guess I'll just throw one in there. Uh, another WTF. Uh, Ball State only beating Western Illinois by 10 points. Completely unexpected. Again, the magic of 2020 is gone. <laughs> another another Mac Power struggling uh, against, uh, this time an FCS team. Buffalo did their business. They beat Wagner 69-7. to That's kind of what you Wagner. expected. Wagner's well, a pretty bad FCS team. I mean, Western Illinois isn't bad, but like it's kind of you know you you'd expect something bigger from Ball State playing Western okay, Illinois. Yeah. I'll I'll give you that, yeah. Um, but yeah. Regardless, uh, how are you feeling about that bet with Ball State against Penn State this coming week? Huh? Hey, I'm still believing in it. Don't you don't still believe in it? They barely oh, yeah. beat Western Illinois. Hey, everybody's got to start somewhere, right? Everybody had a shaky week oh, one. My. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm still going with the with chirp chirping. Chirp chirping over over Penn State, even with Penn State's great defense. Screw them. Screw them. Screw Go Ball State. Em. Go Ball State. Um, you, don't check on me when it's like 50 to zero at halftime. Uh, yeah. So um, with that, we'll do just a, a quick little preview of some of the games this weekend that we're looking forward to. We just mentioned one, Chirp Chirp. Uh, but... Um, there, there's a there's a couple interesting games on Coastal Carolina takes Kansas who won who won their <laughs> who has, that's later that's later today yeah um, Kansas recently stormed the field on their first game defeating an FCS school by only a couple points yeah, that shows... they, they beat South Dakota not South Dakota State <laughs> yeah the, the, the one of the worst Dakotas but you know good for them whatever good for them they got a win uh, you know, in, in football, so obviously they were very happy about that. I don't, I do not blame them. Um, they they don't get to see a lot of weddings, so that's that good for them. Um, Ohio State and Oregon. Um, Ohio State's gonna gonna rock Oregon to sleep. Um, oh yeah, that that one's gonna be bad. Yeah, that's that's kind of my definitely my prediction. Uh, one good game, I think here, uh, Ryan Pittsburgh and Tennessee. I think that's going to be a really good game. I think Tennessee is going to get dog walks. Tennessee looked horrible against what is un- unquestionably the worst FBS team in in Bowling Green last week. I think Pitt might might end up dog walking them. I think I think it will be a good game. Uh, All right, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, but, Tennessee ended up pulling it out. It's, I mean, yeah, they looked bad at first, but they ended up kind of picking things up. Maybe, I mean. Pittsburgh's offense also is not spectacular. So uh, Kenny Pickens still doing his thing there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know how that works. Um, yeah. You, you know, the early slate is not going to be great on Saturday. Good. Yeah. But if you're watching anything, 
keep an eye on South Carolina, East Carolina. Ooh, East yeah. Carolina, East Carolina had some run against uh, App State last week. I mean, obviously yeah. they lost, but this is a very vulnerable South Carolina team. I mean, congrats to them for beating up on an FCS team, but we we could see an actual game there. If, if nothing else is if if Pitt Tennessee ends up being a blowout, like I think it might be, and Ohio State Oregon ends up being a blowout, there might be a lot of eyes on South Carolina East Carolina as as the as the morning turns into the afternoon. Definitely. Um, yeah, there's not not a terrific amount of great games uh, this week, uh, but Florida Atlantic plays Georgia Southern. That should be at least a little bit of fun. I'll be uh, watching that. Notre Dame Toledo will be fun. Toledo looks like they're have they're going to be up yeah. to another good year. That'll that'll at least be you know a a, a solid football game to watch. Yep, you can but, access that one on Peacock. First ever Peacock exclusive in college football, I do believe. Oh, great. So I won't be fucking watching that one. Never mind. Yeah. All right. Um, Buffalo's going to go beat Nebraska by 30. Oh, yeah, that will be a good game. Watch that oh, one. Oh, shit, we got a Cheez-It Bowl rematch? <laughs> Cal at TCU? What? <laughs> oh, boy, I'm watching every second of that one. <laughs> biggest, biggest game of uh, this week, personally, I, I do believe Iowa, Iowa State, the great rivalry renewed. Yeah, uh, El, El Asico is definitely the the premier game. Yes, uh, number nine versus number ten. Iowa looked very convincing last week. Um, Iowa State did not look as convincing, uh, no. but regardless, it should still be a great game. That's you know, rivalry matchups are always always the best. Um, what else we got a couple sneaky fun games in the later slates texas arkansas i mean arkansas yeah arkansas struggled for with the first half against rice which was not great but ended up pulling away texas is is gonna have all the hype i mean they looked really good against louisiana they do they get caught napping against what's probably a worse team in arkansas and also app state miami i mean yeah we, we we love we love App State getting to beat ranked uh, Power Five teams, and I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I do think App State is going to pull that one away. Um, let's see what else we got in the later slate. Yeah, it, it's um, a lot of it's a big cupcake schedule this this week. Mem- Memphis, Arkansas State will be another fun one. Both teams are kind of working on finding new identities currently, and but are still respected as two of the the better. A group of five teams, so I'd, I'd keep an eye on that one as well. Yeah, if you want to see a shit show at at nighttime, you can watch Michigan Washington. Um, oh no, thanks. <laughs> I will not be <laughs> turning in for that one. Okay, an actual good game though. Utah takes on BYU um, at ten fifteen. The Holy War is in the week Holy two? War the is fuck? already happening in week. I thought two. they usually do it week one. Oh, um, wow. And and BYU got their win last week. Utah handily won against an FCS school last week as well. Um, my favorite team of this season, Utah. Uh, so so hopefully <laughs> hopefully the Utes can get can come out with the win against the Cougars. Um, I, I admittedly don't usually um, go against BYU, but this week. This week, I have no option. Um, yeah, BYU is definitely a little down this year, which is, you know, to be expected when uh, you lose a lot of big old line pieces and the number two quarterback in the draft. Yeah. But yeah, the offense doesn't have the same pop anymore. They're kind of reverting back to their old kind of more boring look. Uh, yep. a, a couple a couple more late games just to keep an eye on. Um, I think UNC Georgia State could turn into another upset. I think UNC might drop to 0-2. Georgia State has been working hard. They I, I like what they're doing, and uh, while while they likely won't win the game, I think UNC is at least going to get another scare. Uh, UK Missouri is going to be sneaky fun. Will Levis has been was really good in Kentucky's opener at quarterback, yep. the uh, the Penn State transfer, and Kentucky can always run the ball super well. I mean, just just getting to watch them against some SEC talent, see if it's for real, and then a couple of upset alerts to keep your eye on. LSU McNeese. And Florida State, Jacksonville State. Yeah, I was about to say Jacksonville State. I think Florida State will just straight up lose to Jacksonville State, but 
because Jacksonville State's one of the best FCS teams and Florida State is, you know, we, we saw it. They they put a run into Notre Dame, but I, I think they may be more indicative of Notre Dame than Florida State. And uh, McNeese, oof, LSU's reeling. I, I think McNeese might sneak in there in Baton Rouge. Potential, potential. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of little dinky fun games. Um, not yeah, a whole yeah. lot of super competitive games this year or this week like it was last week, but uh, should still should still have fun. I mean, it's college football. It's Saturday. Always a great time. Always a great time. Yeah, this is an ideal channel surf week. You're going to want to keep your your finger on the mouse pad, your hand on the remote, and be, and be flipping this week, I believe, because... There, there's not a lot of, all right, I'm watching this one beginning to end games. So just ha- like, like Devin said, have fun with this week, flip around and just kind of wh- whatever looks good. Just, just yep. latch onto that for five, 10 minutes. Yep, absolutely. So uh, that'll conclude uh, the first wrap up slash preview pod of the NCAA season. Um, I, I really enjoyed doing this one and, you know, as always, it's it's been a pleasure doing what doing this with you, Ryan. Of course, buddy. And in, in the future, we'll try and get it out before you know the day that week two starts. But as, yeah. as Devin said in the beginning of the pod, we're both full time high school writers, which pretty much eats up a lot a lot of the week. So, you know, when when we find time, we're gonna try and try and get this thing out a little bit quicker and 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 do a better job on. Uh, at least on my part, I want to get a little deeper on the film study so I can give some better analysis. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, listen to all of our great shows on the Running Hook Podcast Network. And I hope, we hope you have a great college football weekend. Enjoy. Later. Later.